0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: Welcome in to our brand new coverage. We need to come in hardcore. Raiders got a bunch of guys. Back in the old days, they had legends. He gets the Raiders. He understands the Raiders. He's going to be a great Raider. we will show it to me. No penalties. The only holes that I see on this team are linebackers. There's going to be some moments this year that are going to be top sledding. Okay, one of them could be now. I got it all for you. Keep it PG. No, never happened. I'd like to get this show going the way I know how to get the show going. Our standard is high. We coming. It's time to fire this thing up. What the hell are you listening to? Who are you getting this garbage from?
0: JT the Brick.
1: Hey, look at me. I'm the needy radio guy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. We are ready to rock. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Are you with me? One guy kind of throws the fuel into the fire. So sound off like you got up here and get going. You Use the phone like a weapon. We need to leave a wake of destruction. That's all I had this week for you. And now, Raider Nation unite! Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a busy day. Today we are all about the Jets. J-E-T-S. Mess, mess, mess. The Jets are coming to town for Sunday Night Football on NBC. It's a monster game. Most of the country doesn't care much about it. Uh, They don't think either one of the teams are that great to be on in primetime, but we get our primetime game on Sunday night at home because the league screwed us last year. The league did us dirty last year in regards to primetime games, and they gave us a whole bunch this year ahead of the Super Bowl, and we got to take advantage of it. Welcome into the show as we're brought to you by Golden Entertainment, 64 plus PT, Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, PT's Gold. All the spots that you come for 5 to 7, midnight to 2. The best happy hour in town. They win all the awards. They fuel the monologue. PTs, get on out and thank them. When you get into a PTs, thank them for me for everything that we do. So the focus of the show is a heavy base JT the Brick in third person back to hardcore football, which I do best. Don't need six guys clapping in the background. Don't need 15 guys talking at once. I got this. This is hardcore stuff right now. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, pre- and post-game, this is what we're doing. we got to figure out how to win a game that now has turned into a must-win game because Miami and Kansas City are looming. As I've said on national radio shows, as guests on other shows, the Raiders have to find a way the rest of the season to win one game, one game that you don't believe they can win on paper, and this isn't one of them. This is not, I've never thought of a game as a gimme. I play a lot of golf with my buddies. I'm not very good, but I'm getting better. And some of my friends, they give me a gimme. I, I putt a 17 footer and I leave it about three feet short and they just take it away. And I, I don't have to putt that out. No, you don't have, it's a gimme. Okay, I'll, I'll pick it up, but I like to putt it out. I do like to putt it out from time to time, but that's called a gimme. Every Raider fan thinks this is a gimme. I can't run my radio show that way. I'd get locked up by the Twitter police. We got to treat this game like I tweeted out before the show at JT the Brick with our guest lineup. This is a must-win game. How could there be any path for the silver and black to do something great without beating Zach Wilson at home on Sunday night on NBC the year of the Super Bowl? We have to win this game, period. So this is what I need the rest of the week. we got a lot of guests today, which is good. Our insiders step up. Bill Williamson, Vinny Bonsignor, Vince Sapienza, and Kenny King, who lit the torch. Kenny lit the torch in a win and sat down with me and Eric Allen on the pregame show and predicted a blowout win. You better believe we got him on today. We're excited about that. A couple of things concern me. What is my level of concern compared to the Giants? Much higher. Oh, the Giants stink. Oh, the Giants were god-awful. I mean, they could barely run a play. Who'd they have? Liberty DeVito, uh, John Travolta, Dan Travolta. Who was that quarterback they put in there? He's going to start against the Cowboys. Coming up, that's why the Cowboys are a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. They were a walkover, and the Raiders buried them and had a cigar party. And you know, I love a cigar party, and the Raiders had a big one. And now the Raiders have to come back down to earth. So what we need to do before I talk to the coach tomorrow exclusively is we got to bring everybody back down to earth. We got to put the cigars out. We got to put away all the videos, all the hugs. Everybody's happy. Everyone's going on the shows. We get it. Now it's back to work today. My level of concern is because of the game plan that I prepare every week for this show. And my level of concern is this. Both the Jets and the Raiders are ranked at the bottom of the entire NFL with rush defense. The Raiders are second to last, and the Jets are third to last. OMG, oh my God. The Jets give up 137.3 yards a game on the ground, and the Raiders give up more? Yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders give up 138.7. Antonio Pierce just talked about it. He won the press conference, by the way. He won the press conference again. The Raiders are second to last in the league when it comes to stopping the run why the hell is this an issue why am i talking about this come in november why wasn't this cleaned up they got to clean this thing up now is it the defensive tackles is it they're running away from max is it the fact that tyree wilson seventh overall is not playing at the level he should be at is it robert spillane i don't know i think the linebackers a little bit are at fault with this and the fact that the raiders have had several games this year where they forgot how to tackle. They just couldn't tackle anybody. You see the Chicago game? I keep referring to the Chicago game. Ole, ole, that was the Marcus Peters. I don't want to tackle anybody game. And that skewed everything in that game, and the numbers went up, up, and up in a bad way. So the Raiders have to tackle better than the Jets in this game. The Jets have a really good defense when it comes to the pass, and the Raiders are much improved in that category also. Both teams are in the top 10 in the NFL with pass defense. The Jets are number three. They give up 174.8 a game. The Raiders are at number nine or eight, eight or nine here, at 192.2. So both teams are much better against the pass than they are against the rush. Both teams have quarterbacks. The Jets have Zach Wilson, who's a mess. But I told you, he's going to play better than he played on Monday night. He's got to. He's got to. He's got Aaron Rodgers as a coach, and he's got Nathaniel Hackett, which you might not think he's a good head coach, but he's been successful with Aaron Rodgers. And what I think they're going to do is simplify the game for him. What do I mean by that? Quick throws. The problem with Zach Wilson is he holds on to the ball so long. He's a gunslinger from BYU. He likes to fade back. He likes to look, 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 and then the pocket collapses, and he throws to his first read. He doesn't get to his second progression, and he usually is wildly inaccurate or he throws the ball to another teammate, uh, another team. So I think what Nathaniel Hackett's going to do in this game is going to be quick, quick, quick slants. Like the stuff I've been asking for Devontae to get, the stuff that I've been begging for Devontae to get from the former regime and then now with Bo. Short slants to Devontae. Devontae only needs a six or seven-yard route, and he'll get upfield before he gets double-teamed over the top. That's what I believe the Jets are going to do in this game a short passing attack, and screens over Max Crosby. You heard it here first. Max is going to come off the edge. He's going to have a clear shot, and Max, got to keep your hands up, Max. He's good at that, keep your hands up. He wants the sack, but he'll bat it down, and Zach Wilson's going to drop it off to one of the backs, Brees Hall, and he's going to have space, and will the Raiders tackle or not? That's the game plan as I see it. And then what I'm very concerned about, very concerned about, level of concern, a a 7.5 is Aiden O'Connell in this game. Aiden O'Connell, no more Jimmy G, right? You wanted it. Everybody got it. I like, I like Aiden O'Connell, like Jimmy G too, like Derek Carr, like them all. He's got to get rid of the ball quickly because this is a fierce Jets defense up front and on the back end. And they got a great linebacker too. So for Aiden O'Connell, the ball better come out quickly because if he waits, that guy Sauce Gardner is going to look right at Aiden O'Connell's eyes. He's going to stare him down from about 20 feet away and go, oh, oh, he's going that way and he's going to jump the route. Much better player than the Raiders have at any cornerback position. So this is going to be a running game where the ball is going to be handed off. You know your buddy JT in the third person again. I hate handing the ball off into a pile. Oh my God, I hate it. I hate giving up a down. I hate throwing away a play, but you're going to have to do it here. Because A, Josh finally woke up. The offensive line had a really good game. They're feeling confident, and we're gonna have to run the ball. We're gonna have to run the ball heavy dose, which you know I don't like. You know I don't like the handoff on first and second down because then it comes to third down, and we put all the pressure on third down. We gotta complete that third down player or we're off the field. It's called the three and out. Raiders were five of 14 against the future Giants on third down, and the Jets are better. So today, if you like to run the ball, this is your show. If you like to protect a young quarterback, this is your show. Because you better do it, and you better hold on to time of possession, and you better have the ball, and you better take it away from Zach Wilson. Because Zach Wilson, there's a lot going on. I got a lot of friends in New York and New York media texted with Stephen A. today, talking to other people. There's almost a conspiracy theory within the Jets On Joe Douglas, the GM, people are now saying that, Rob. why is Robert Sala always defending Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson stinks. He's so bad, you bench his ass. You just bench his ass for somebody else. But Sala might be taking direction from the GM, potentially through the owner, to play Zach Wilson no matter what until Aaron Rodgers comes back, and that ain't gonna be anytime soon. There's a conspiracy theory in New York on why the hell haven't they benched this kid's ass? He's terrible. And they're going to let him start in Vegas on Sunday night and potentially further embarrass the Jets organization. Zach Wilson's going to play okay on Sunday night, everybody. He's awful recently, but he can make some throws. And I think they're going to coach him up differently this week. Short passes, screen passes, get the ball out quickly, and let's see if the Raiders can tackle. You got Antonio Pierce. You got Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Both of these guys, defensive coaches, they're all preaching stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. So how do you all feel about the running game this week? I just gave you the stats. Both teams don't defend the run well, but we have Josh Jacobs who led the league in rushing. Are you interested in one of these 17-16 games? Do you want to pay that type of money to see 17-14? Well, you're going to get it. You know what the Vegas odds, odds makers have? And I can't believe this. How in God's name are the Jets favored? The Jets, the line opened up, Jets minus one and a half, and now it's Jets a road favorite? They played on Monday night. They got to travel to Las Vegas and they're a favorite? They were god awful. 91% of the money is on Vegas for this game. And the over under, the total is 36. The Vegas odds makers, you get three for being at home. They got the Jets favored by one. What do they know that I don't know or you don't know? How in God's name are the Jets a favorite here? I know why Dallas is a 16-and-a-half point favorite over the New York football Giants. I, I, I think I'm smart enough to figure that one out. But maybe a bookmaker today or someone calling in and explained to me what the bookmakers see that are, that's keeping the Jets as a road favorite on Sunday night in Vegas on a short week. So someone sees something here, man, and I need a little help today. And when I need help, I ask for help. Great fans of the Raider Nation, some of them been around much, 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 much longer than I have. You tell me what you think. But, man, everybody thinks this game, we're going to get back to the way it's always been, Everybody. As I talk about biting your nails off in the fourth quarter, oh, my God, A.J. calls back to punt. Oh, my God, I hope he pins him down to the 10. We got to get off the field. Look at the clock, tick, tick, tick. The clock is ticking. And that's what I like about this coach. The new coach understands you got to play faster, knows you got to play faster. Because if you're going to be in a game in the fourth quarter, man, you need those three minutes or four minutes back. Get in and out of the huddle and play well. And my other big issue this week which will go into next week because i think we're going to win this game we the season ticket holders i think the raiders will win this game but oh man we better we better have some good practices going to miami and and having kansas city here i saw a little glimpse of five wide five wide and i like that and you're going to have to go five wide because if you don't go uh, five wide then how are you going to beat miami they're going to go five wide How the hell are we going to get Aiden O'Connell ready to go five wide if we're playing the Jets and we want to hand it off on every play up the middle? So when are we going to get this offense ready for the big test, the big exam, the bar exam? We got Miami and Kansas City back-to-back, belly-to-belly. Got to throw in those games. (laughs) I can promise you, you better be ready to throw. So Bo and Coach Pierce and everybody better be having spirited offensive practices this week and next week. Because we are going through our gauntlet that I told you about when the schedule came out. When the schedule came out, I thought the Raiders would be a little bit better than this. I thought the Raiders would be, you know, they're five and four, ready to go six and four. And I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to play in this game. I gave this game to the Raiders over the Jets, even with Aaron Rodgers. So the Raiders can't be six and four. The best they could be is five and five. And that gets me back to what I said in the beginning of the monologue. got to find a victory on this schedule. I'm giving us Denver at home. I'm actually giving us the Chargers at home. I'm giving us Indy on the road. I'm giving us Minnesota at home. i got to find a game that we're not supposed to win. Shh, secret. A game we're not supposed to win that we can win. And then if we win that game, then something great could happen this year. So it's one game at a time. It's the Jets. I'm very much focused focused on your phone calls at 702-365-9200. Twitter at JTTheBrick or X at JTTheBrick on how the Raiders win this game. And I don't want any of this garbage this week. We're going to beat them 41-7. to We're back. Cigar party. Stop. Give me something real. The Jets are a favorite. The bookmakers are laughing at you. They want your Raider money. They want you to bet on the Raiders straight up. I would if I gambled. I don't gamble, but I need some Raider fans with some juice this week because we got to get this game. This game gets us to five and five, and then we can peek our head out of the bunker. We could come out of the tunnel and look around and go all clear. Let's go win. Let's keep winning two in a row, two in a row by beating the Jets and the Gi- Giants in front of all those New Yorkers who are going to be all over the place with their Jets jerseys, gang green, fireman Ed. They're all coming. So I'm excited about this, but I'm taking it very seriously, the remaining shows here, very seriously. Okay? None of these pom-pom shows. Not not, not talking cheeseburgers. Not talking F1. Not doing anything yet. This is a focused, hardcore Raiders show to beat the Jets. Because if, if it doesn't happen, oh, I'm back in the bunker. I'm down in the tunnel. And I got to come up with a Hail Mary for the season. We got to take out the Jets. How do you do it? 702-365-9200. Kenny King at the bottom of the hour. And we have some sound that I'm going to get to from Coach Pierce. He won the press conference again. Very refreshing on culture, the Jets, everything. I'll get to that at some point in the show. But I got a few guests, and the best chance to get through is now as we open up the show. Hardcore Raider, start us off on the flagship of the Silver and Black.
2: AJT, I think you hit the nail on the head about the hurry-up, and that was something I've been thinking about. You know, the offensive line did really well last week, but we got to ask, we got to ask uh, them to get a little more out of our offensive line. Uh, so what I'm going to say is the offensive line needs to try to like block the guys that they need to defend against um, for Aiden O'Connell or for the run for just half a second. If we can get our offensive line to block for just an extra half a second, that's going to give us enough time. I'm also going to say Aiden O'Connell, when he's throwing the ball, he's going to have to be – between like .3 to half a second sooner than what he previously was. Because if he's holding on to the ball too long, then we're going to have an issue like we had with the Chargers. And then lastly, I want to see hurry up offense. It might be a little bit too much to ask of a rookie to, uh, you know, do hurry up. But if we can do so a few drives to keep the momentum up and to keep the defense on their heels and wear down the defense, I want to see hurry up. No huddle, just go, go, go. And let's, uh, you know, stick it stick our foot on the gas, keep it on there, and not let up.
1: Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You got to remember on this offense philosophy, okay, they they benched Jimmy Garoppolo, rightfully so. I I like Jimmy. I think Jimmy, I believe Jimmy could have easily beat the Giants and the Jets. I thought that Jimmy easily could have beat the Bears, but he wasn't healthy enough to play. I, I thought that Jimmy could get us 10 wins. Jimmy Garoppolo has been a very good quarterback, and there's a lot of depth into the conversation on why he didn't fit in well to the system. And Coach Pierce said it before me, Jimmy's going to play again. They're going to need him at some point in the season. Hopefully, it's not sooner than later, but they're going to need Jimmy to step up. Plus, he's a leader. He's a captain there in the locker room. The Raiders are third to last in points scored. You know the only two teams behind them? The Jets and the Giants. The lowest scoring team in the NFL is the New York Giants at 11.2 a game. Second worst of the New York Jets at 16.5. And there we are, the Raiders at 17.3. When you look at scoring, okay, the Raiders are struggling. And the number's going up here, points per game, because we just had a 30-point performance. But the Raiders have a lot of work. I mean, in the last game, now, Raiders went up to 17.3. Giants still at the bottom. The Patriots 15.0. So the Raiders went up two slots. And that's a good thing, right? They opened up the offense. They were up big early in the game. But I'm noticing a lot of people are saying, like, let's give him this. Let's give Aiden O'Connell that garbage. You give him the whole bleeping playbook because Brock Purdy's got the whole playbook. And Brock Purdy wasn't drafted. He was the last player drafted Mr. Irrelevant. He plays in every big game. He won every game he ever played in the regular season until recently. He's got the whole playbook. I really trust Bo and Aiden O'Connell to open up the whole thing. We saw a little five wide. We saw a bomb to trade Tucker. So what did we see? We saw five wide, and we saw a bomb. What else is in the playbook that we need to open? I'm one of the only people on national and local radio saying, throw out the former coach's playbook. I mean, throw it out. Because it was supposed to be great. I admit I was wrong. It was supposed to be elite at the level of Tom Brady, Gronk, Amendola, all those guys. I just said, just copy those plays, man. <laughs> don't, even, don't even just copy those plays. Put them through a Xerox machine. Give it to Michael Mayer, Trade Tucker, Devontae. Run those plays. I was wrong. Didn't work. The system didn't work. The quarterback in the system didn't work. So throw out all that and have Bo have a new playbook. And I'm going to talk to Kenny King coming up about this. Lincoln Kennedy told me on Raiders Roundtable. You hear that tomorrow. In the year that they went to the Super Bowl, Lincoln Kennedy said that they only had 12 plays that year. I said, what? He goes, yeah, we only had 12 plays that year, and we ran versions off those 12 plays. Well, let's get 12 new plays here for Bo and Aiden O'Connell. Let's run them and make sure half of them go to Devontae. Half of them. Let's just get Devontae going again because he needs to get going. But for those who want baby steps, no, this is the NFL. We do that in college and high school. Your baby steps. Okay, we're, we're afraid that we can't run this, so we're going to take this away. No, Aiden O'Connell's got everything in the playbook. He's got to run it, and he's got to run it great. He came off a win, uh, had no interceptions, clean sheet in that game. Now Aiden O'Connell can go up against the Jets, and he's got to open it up. God forbid we're trailing against the Jets and got to come from behind because we know that's, gonna, that's what's going to have to happen in Miami and at home against Kansas City. You know you're going to have to open up the playbook to get it done there. Raider Eli is here in Vegas on 9:20. Go ahead, Eli.
0: JT, yeah, man, I'm excited. Um, I got you two games. I got two games for you. We're gonna win two games. We didn't think we could win two weeks ago, and one of them is Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, Miami is has a great, a good team, but they're not as consistent as they maybe need to be to be put in that elite level. And the mm-hmm. other team I think we have a good chance to beat is Kansas City. I know. They're an elite team, but they've not been playing like an elite team all year long. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Lions beat them. If we catch them on a day, you know, I think we can beat them. That's one thing. The scoring, as far as the scoring goes, I would call this a, a split season. We had the season one with McDaniels. We had a whole new season now, and I'm seeing a whole different team, and I expect the scoring to continue. Uh Pierce is just—I mean, he, you're right. He's got to move him fast. He's—he's he's thinking outside the box, and I think that Aiden O'Connell is going to surprise even more people in the next few weeks than he has already. Yeah. I expect him to be like he was in Purdue, and he was good and very good in Purdue. He looked great last week, and I don't think—I look—I I like Jimmy Garoppolo, I always did, but hopefully we'll never see him behind the center again this this season. I think O'Connell's going to take us to the playoffs i know i'm a little bit of a homer mm-hmm. but uh, i don't see why
1: not Wait yeah i get criticized for being a homer too man welcome to the show thanks for the call great phone call appreciate that there and miami is a beatable game remember miami put up 70 on denver 70 and the, the denver broncos have some struggles and they're cleaning it up it's going to be an epic game. It's F1 weekend here in Miami. It's the Raiders, and it's going to be a massive game, and the Raiders are going to have to have their pivotal moment of the season offensively, and they're going to have to prepare for that. The monologue brought to you by the Black Hole. Black Friday has arrived with the Black Hole. Go to theblackhole.com and see what they're doing for Black Friday. The membership bundle, all the prizes that they have, the gear, It's fantastic but you got to go to the blackhole.com become a member and then be ready for the black friday bundles that are coming here i'm telling you these guys are tight they've tightened everything up they've always been the black hole but the gear that they have, the merchandise, what they're doing on game day, the weekends of home games, and how they travel on the road. As I always said, when you land in a city and you go watch the Raiders on the road, you want to be with the black hole. You want to be in the bar and say, hey, I want to shake your hand. I'm also a member of the black hole. That's how you do it here. The black hole at theblackhole.com. Kenny King lit the torch. What an honor that was. In a big game, we'll talk to him about the emotion of what that meant. What he told us in the pregame came through. Came through for the postgame show. Also Bill Williamson, longest tenured Raider insider in all of Vegas. He'll join us, Vince Sapienza and Vinny Bonsignor. Gotta beat the Jets looking for your support on how it has to happen all week on the flagship of the Silver and Black.
0: This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders.
3: Play hard, uh, physical up front, both sides of the football. They're built well uh, with the offensive line. Big, massive gentlemen. Uh, on the defensive line, obviously, a very skilled, talented, length, mass. I mean, looks good, you know. And then in the back end, you know, they, you know obviously, Sauce Garden is a problem. Um, but that's secondary. You know, they play well. They're in sync. Good football program. Good football programming. Obviously, for us, you know, we're going to have to um, be on our P's and Q's and dial it up and match their energy as well.
1: All right, that's the head coach, the interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, on what to expect from the Jets. And the Jets' defense is the strength of the team, their secondary. Sauce Gardner, the way they ball hawk, what the Raiders are trying to do. And the Raiders are in the conversation because their defense has uh, improved dramatically. JT, back with you. Brought to you by Meetup. Vegas go to meetupvegas.com put JT the brick in the checkout JT brick actually and get the deal that I get this ain't parking lot meat this is not some guy in Goodfellas dropping you off in your trunks of meat this is the greatest meat in Vegas that the restaurants get the great chefs get same deal same warehouse wholesale we got the deal for you got a big delivery last week because my sons are coming home my son's here the other one's coming home for Thanksgiving and they just like to grill and they grill out in a big way so go to meetupvegas.com and get the hookup that i give to everyone else so excited that kenny king joined us on the pregame show with the great eric allen before he lit the torch and i wanted to ask him about it so kenny's on with us brought to you by m resort spawn casino once a raider always a raider kenny good to talk to you again and take us behind the scenes from the time you got the call to the time you pressed the button and lit the torch
3: well, you know, J.T., I got the call uh, last Wednesday, and uh, Shannon called and, and uh, put me on uh, speaker with, uh, uh, I think, Kelly and a couple mm-hmm. of other people. And they asked me if I would be uh, interested in, in uh, lighting the torch on Sunday, and I said, without a doubt. You know, I mean, this is, that's an honor. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you look forward to if you get that call. And uh, so I was excited about coming and, and being there and being a part of this, uh, What was you know, what was going to happen. And, um, you know, just the fact that, you know, hey, that's Mr. Davis. That's I mean, I, I got him turned on for the game.
1: Yeah, that's I've never heard someone say it that way. Yeah, you turned on Mr. Davis for the game. I love that. Then you joined us before, and you actually made a bold prediction. You thought the Raiders would win big. And you called out and saw the running game was going to have a big day. Josh almost got to 100 yards, two touchdowns. And, Kenny, talk about what you saw in the suite with the offensive line. They did their best job of the year opening up some holes for Josh Jacobs.
3: I I think that, you know, these guys, like I I, I said on Sunday, they're going to play from their heart. These guys were playing for pride they played for pride and they played for for representation and that's what they did and they went out and they did what what they needed to do i said josh would get 100 yards he got 98 yards he lost two in the you know in the one that one play at the end of the game and that that took him out of 100 yards but still you know i mean that's the biggest that's his biggest rush this year you know the win itself, thirty to twenty, you know, thirty to six. I wanted a shutout. I wanted to see. I wanted to see the defense have that opportunity. But you know, to, to just put the to keep the Giants with the players that they have. You know, you got Quan Barkley. That's a, that kid is good. Mm-hmm. And to, to do what they did, they showed what they're capable of doing. And now, you know, for these next eight games. You know we can't get we can't get overzealous with what we did on on Sunday, but I can tell you right now there's not going to be any blowouts. We're not going to sit there and wait for them to, you know, wait for you know the team. They're going to wait for us to just give it away. We're going to play hard football, and we're going to play we're going to play smart, smashmouth football, and we're going to be right there in the midst of, of of the of that champ of the division at the end of the
1: year. Kenny King joins us, Raider legend. So we also talked about your relationship with Coach Flores. And you played for Bun Bun Phillips, Barry Switzer at Oklahoma. You played for some great Hall of Fame coaches. But I want you to share with this audience, if they didn't hear the pregame, the demeanor of Coach Flores, especially heading into big games compared to the regular season. What was it like when he addressed the team before a game or leading up to a game that meant a lot or just the regular season game where he wanted you guys locked in? You know, Coach.
3: Coach was, you know, he was just easygoing, um, and he would come in and he'd just, you know, talk with us soft with a soft, soft-spoken, you know, soft-spoken voice. And even, you know, JT, even when we're when we were playing games and, and halftime, he would we would come in and we're losing. We're, we're you know, we're we're not losing. We're behind because you're not losing until you the game is over. But we're behind. And he was just he he would just say, man, this is what we got to do. This is, you know, we worked hard. We prep we prep for this. It's not like it's it's something new we haven't done before. Why why you know we should we got to get out we got to get ourselves out of this hole and let's go out there and do this. And that was that was his demeanor, you know. And and Bum Phillips was the same way. Switzer was more. Animated and you know where uh, you know, this is what we're going to do coaching you know and and just you know just just spewing things, but he was a good a great coach. But I tell you, Coach Flores, I love playing for him because he he just you knew when he if you made a mistake if he if you made a mistake he's going to tell you about it, but he's not go, he's not going to he's not going to crit, criticize you he's going to tell you in a way you'll understand it and you don't make that mistake again.
1: Wrapping it up with Kenny King, Raiders legend. He just lit the torch and the Raiders won. How great was that? Kenny, when you went into the route, when there was a designed wheel route for you or a passing play to you, or just if you had a chip in the back there, how could things change with Jim Plunkett? With the great teammates you had, you're a two-time Super Bowl champion. When you called the play, you got there, that you had a change the protection, and then all of a sudden the ball came to you. My question is, how aware were you every time you broke the huddle that the play could alter to you, and then you usually made a big play out of it?
3: Perfect example, Super Bowl fifteen. That that play was not designed for me. That I was I was a, I was I was a relief valve. That you know I ran like I ran it like a little seven yard out. Herman Edwards assumed that Jerry Robinson was going, to make the, was going to make the sack. He thought that was going to happen, so he took a step forward. Plunkett just happened to lob it over his head. I went down the sideline. So you never know. You have to be, in this game, you have to be on your toes at all times because you don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to happen, and it just happens.
1: All right, if you were addressing the team, this is my big question. You're in the locker room after the cigar party, the victory. I love cigars. Those kids, those young men could have stayed out all night till the sun came up. They deserved it. How do you get them back down to earth, or do you want to keep them running through walls? How do you focus on an easy victory, it was an easy victory, and get them into maybe a bloodbath type of physical phone booth bar fight with the Jets? What do you say to them?
3: Just like just like Coach Flores would do. I mean, he would come in. You know, we had a we got a big win. You know, we weren't expected to win. We were. Nobody gave us a. Uh, you know, that win. We went out there and did it. You know, what we do is we come in on Monday morning. We watch film. He tells us to go. What you know, go home, enjoy yourself for the Thursday. Come back to work on Wednesday, and we'll be ready to. You know, and put that, put that game behind you. That's gone. It's over. Move on.
1: Great you to know, talk to you. I'm fine. Real proud of you. We're proud of you for that, you and have, I'm sure you're, you. What your What your son and family say when they know you lit the torch? And I'm sure you got a lot of videos sent to your phone and email. What was <laughs> it like the day or two after that?
3: You know, I got I I got emails, I got text messages, I got people from FedEx employees, former <laughs> employees. I got I even got one from an old girlfriend. My wife <laughs> hasn't seen that one yet, though. But it was you know a lot of people saw that. You know, saw that and thought it was the greatest thing because it really was. It's a big, it's a big deal. It's a big event. And to be asked and be, to have that honor to be able to say that, yeah, you you know, you lit the torch. You know, Reggie busted my chops on it because I didn't unbutton the butt on my button. So my <laughs> suit was kind of like a <laughs> little country. But other than that, we were good. <laughs> well,
1: good for you. Hope you enjoyed it. I know you did. And thanks for joining us once a Raider, always a Raider. Always appreciate our friendship and you coming on with me.
3: JT, thank you very much. And, hey, Raiders, uh, yeah, we're going to do it again this week. I don't know how, how big, but we will win.
1: Thank you. There he is, Kenny King. I had him on for that reason. Uh, good luck. He lit the torch Raiders won to get him on the radio. Let's get some of that into the radio show. His touchdown in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 15, is one of the iconic highlights in Super Bowl history. Whenever you see a look back on Super Bowl great plays, that's right there. And uh, he's Raider royalty and happy that he can join us. Brought to you by M Resort Spa and Casino, the official hotel of the silver and black. When we come back, we're going to get to Bill Williamson, who is often outspoken. His content is very good. And he'll tell you what the Raiders have in front of him. And not only against the Jets, but on this next quarter of the season that we're keeping an eye on. The schedule gets tougher. The bye week is not too far off. What do the Raiders have to do to build off the momentum? Also, some sound later on from Antonio Pierce's press conference, which was really good. Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence.
2: I just want them to feel confident and comfortable and and um, you know, like I told you, I went into everybody's rooms kind of when we hit the ground running on those first couple meetings and just let them know kind of me and then get some feedback from them. And I, uh, you know, even during the game, you know, I'm telling them kind of what's coming up, what I'm thinking, uh, what are they seeing, um, which is important. They're the guys out there. You know, I'm calling the plays, and I want to call plays that, you know, they feel confident about. And if there's something that I really want to get out you know, get out there to them, I'll let them know it's coming. And it's just constant communication with, with those guys.
1: Yeah, Bo Hardigree, the new offensive coordinator, interim offensive coordinator. I don't like using the term interim when I talk to someone face-to-face. I don't, but I know – I know the rules and what has to be said and what's going on. These guys are coaches. If you're the head coach of a football game, you're the head coach. But that's the tag that these gentlemen have, and I'm behind them all, just like I was behind the former coach and the coach before that and the one going back to 98. When I got hired my first day, I got hired the same day, fact, not fiction, John Gruden, when he took over in 1998. This is my 14th, 14th coach. And I support them all, and I want them to win, and I'd run through a wall for all of them here and now it's Antonio Pierce and the rest of the crew here a lot of them I know in the building see and they got a tough job they got to coach a team that has a sub 500 record that's trying to get to 500 and coach them up better and have them play better than they've been playing and for me that's the biggest surprise to this entire year the biggest surprise to the entire year is the fact that this offense didn't play well and they were bad that's it. And look, if that's going to take me out, if I died on that hill, I will get up. They did not kill me. I, I got hit. I got wounded. But I got up and ran down, and, and I'm, I disappeared. And I'm, now I'm back 100% on the front line again. This offense was terrible, absolutely awful, and it was all predicated on them being a great offense, bringing in their quarterback, running their plays, drafting better, bringing in players that could be faster and more explosive. And I think they did that. I think Dave Ziegler uh, did a pretty good job with that overall. We won't know for years to come on how all the draft picks pan out. But in general, the offensive philosophy and playbook not only failed, it failed miserably, and it's shocking to me. Because some of the biggest names in media, a lot bigger than me on the Mount Rushmore of media, thought that the Raiders' offense at least be pretty good. Be pretty good, keep them in some games. Maybe be a top 10 offense, not top 5, and it was one of the worst in all of football. So now we have an opportunity for this offense to get noticeably better because they're going to call more efficient plays. They're going to simplify it. They're going to get the ball to the playmakers. And the biggest takeaways that we've seen over the last couple of days, just over the last couple of days, not weeks, is that the offensive coordinator and the head coach are talking to all the players? Bill Williamson joins us, one of the premier NFL insiders in the country, covering the Raiders longer than anybody I know. Bill, I mean, I was expecting the offense to play a little bit better and the defense to play well, but they were playing the Giants, an inferior team. What were some of the positive takeaways you took from the Raiders' performance?
4: <clears throat> well, T, thanks for having me again. Look, um, they you can't you can't really poke holes in 30-6 to six victories, right? Um, was it better than I expected? Yeah, and, and you know, you're right. They, they play the Giants, and the Giants are lousy, and they've played a lot of lousy teams. And, you know, offensively, certainly this week, and the Jets are playing another lousy team. And this is their 10th game, and of everybody's current records, five of the 10 teams they play have losing records, and they're pretty bad teams. Um, but it, the three games that they won pre- previous to last week, we're against all bad teams, and they barely won, right? They didn't barely win this game. So that's a, that's something that stood out to me. That was just an unreal moment. That was just a party atmosphere from the beginning. And, I've, you know, I'm not here to call on anybody, you know, but I've never seen a, a coach's firing be celebrated by – So many people, and that's just an indication that needed to happen. It wasn't just the fans. I mean, we we saw that locker room after the game. We 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 saw the tone of the team after you know during the week. That was a team that was relieved by the firing, and hey, that that's that's their right to be. And it turned out, and it reflected on on the field on Sunday. And I, I think that reflection, I think that spirit, that energy isn't done with I don't think it was a one week thing will it last will just sheer relief and emotion carry a team for eight nine weeks I don't know
1: we'll see but I expect it to continue at least some form this week Bill Williamson's our guest I agree with you Bill I mean the emotional side of this was missing uh, with the former head coach and the emotion of the players and that's heavy now on the positive side with Antonio Pierce and that should last because Look, if you add up all the time you practice, you're in film study, you're sleeping, you're getting treatment, you got to be ready to go on game day. you got to be ready to go. The hour on the field and the half hour before or 90 minutes before, you're expected, you're paid a lot of money to have great body language, run through the wall and be at your best because that's when you're in the paycheck. So I expect that to remain the same. What I'm most concerned about now, I like Bo Hardegree, I think he's right at the right time here. The offense has to spike up dramatically fast, Bill. Maybe not against the Jets, but against the Dolphins and the Chiefs twice and Minnesota and all the other games here. they got to put in the aggressive offense, the one that's going to be more efficient and play faster and more efficiency if they want something special to happen by year-end.
4: Yeah, you know, looking at the top, they're
1: simplifying it, and I think
4: that's the key, and I think that's what you got to do when you have a coaching change. Um, In mid-season. just make things simple and and go to your best guys and, you know, stuff somewhere. Antonio Pierce said in the last week um, that, you know, hey, the Cowboys used to go with their horses when they won Super Bowls, and that's what we're going to do in Jacobs and Adams. And I think that's the key. I think that the Jacobs, you know, 98 yards the other day was a big key that opens things up and that takes a lot of pressure off Aiden O'Connell. And I think that has to continue. And, you know, Devontae Adams' numbers weren't great on Sunday. It didn't have to be. I think it was overlooked a little bit because it just everything else was so good. But if that continues, there's going to be some, you know, some tension perhaps and something certainly they'll have to address. So I think that has to increase this week. And they're going
1: against, some, you know, really good passing defense with some really good cornerbacks. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Bill Williamson, NFL writer for 27 straight seasons. Longer than anybody I know here with the Raiders currently. That's why we have him on. And you wrote a really interesting column. You know I'm in a tough spot because I want all these coaches who I interview to do well. And the next man up is Antonio Pierce. But you got a lot of traction on the Raiders coaching search in a column. Does Antonio Pierce deserve the full-time job? What went into that knowing he's already 1-0? that Rich Pisaccio wasn't retained, but he helped to get the Raiders to the playoffs. And the fact that Mark Davis has the right to go big game hunting at the end of the year, if there's a couple of names out here, what'd you learn from this piece when you put it out? That particular piece is based on just, you know, I, I put out a
4: lot of content each day. That's kind of the focus of Silver Black Flag. And a lot of it's just to get conversation. And a lot of it's just to get the feel of the fan base. And, you know, I, I put a poll at the bottom and said, you know, give him the job now or let's wait until the end of the season. And that's certainly what I would vote for. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of excitement about this guy. This guy, I think Antonio Pierce, and I said it, you know, last week, uh, he's the perfect interim coach, much as Rich Pesaccio was, too. And what, are, what are interim coaches supposed to do? They're supposed to just to right the ship and, and just get you to the finish line, right? Players coach, very enthusiastic, and that's what he is. Is he a great X and O's guy? Maybe he is, maybe he's not. I don't know. It went pretty well in the first week, so I'm not going to discount anything. Um, but, you know, we're going to see yeah, down the road. Um, you know, I also had a post. I think this is the 40 since the year 2000, he's the 43rd interim head coach. And nine of the previous 42 got the job. Yeah. you know, after the next year. So that's less than 25%. So, you know, Mark Davis, this is his third interim coach in, you know, 11 years, 12 years as the owner, the late Tony Sperano, and then Rich Passaccia, they both did not get the job. They were both got interviewed. So he'd have to change that trend. I, I do feel, I know he told the Athletic last week, Mark Davis did, that, hey, you know, Champ Kelly and, and Antonio Pierce certainly have a chance. I've been told by some sources that that's certainly the case. That wasn't just, you know, lip service, but we'll see what will happen in the next eight weeks. Um, if Antonio Pierce goes four and five and doesn't make the playoffs, but Mark Davis likes what he saw, maybe said, I maybe blew it by not retaining Versace, Mas- mm-hmm. maybe that sways. So, yeah, it's
1: going to be a very interesting next two months. It will be. High intensity, especially if the Raiders win this game, to get to 5-5 and right. five gives the coach a better opportunity of stacking wins. Bill, have a great weekend. I always appreciate your time, my friend.
4: All right, J.P., take
1: care. Bill Williamson, check him out at silverandblackpride.com, although he puts out a lot of content. He's a content provider and one that we love to have here on the show. So that hour flew by. Uh, you can start dialing now. I'll get you up at the top of the hour or right after that, 702-365-9200. Interesting responses on my Twitter at JT the JTTheBrick on why the Jets are a one-point favorite. I'll read some of those tweets. On the other side, Antonio Pierce's press conference. We have a couple of the bigger moments of that coming up. Vince Sapienza on the Golden Knights and the Raiders. And Vinny Bonsignor in his scheduled spot. Looking forward to that coming up.